Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Blake Show on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Atwell. I start tonight's show with some very exciting news because after covering the entire NBA as the Blake Show NBA betting podcast this past season, I'm excited to announce that tonight is the start of the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Starting with this show, I'll be focusing on all things Lakers for you on YouTube and all podcast platforms, covering the purple and gold all year long with a blend of betting advice and analysis. So for all my Laker fans out there, please subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow me on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, wherever else you get your podcast by searching the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Now let's talk some Lakers. It is quite the time to be a Lakers fan because free agency is almost here. And today, the day before free agency was full of news. And uh, I think maybe more full of news than any day before free agency I can remember. It was kind of just in the early afternoon on the East Coast, just news drop after news drop league-wide. And of course, some of which involved the purple and gold, as it often does. ESPN reported that the Lakers did not pick up Malik Beasley's team option, and the Lakers themselves came out and said that they requested waivers on Mobamba and Shaq Harrison on their Twitter account, and these moves clear the way for the Lakers to use their mid-level exception in free agency, which is what we were all kind of watching to see what they were going to do in terms of how much money they were going to free up to sort of improve marginally, as Rob Palenka has put it. And, uh, Before I continue any more with free agency, just let me clarify here that I do fully expect the Lakers to match any offer sheets that come in on Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Now, in adding those two back into the fold and knowing that that's sort of my perspective and I think what most people that cover the Lakers and Laker fans as well, sort of what their perspective is, now that we have that in mind, let's move on to what the Lakers could do with this full MLE, as they call it. Rumors have been flying for the past 24 hours or so about the Lakers using their full MLE on Nuggets' Bruce Brown, which would be quite the turn of events for Denver Nuggets head coach Mike Malone, who, of course, in their championship parade, mentioned the Lakers, mentioned them keeping Bruce Brown, even though they definitely are not going to be able to afford him. Um, And uh, beyond that, though, and beyond sort of the pettiness of all that, Bruce Brown, um, in terms of a fit with the Lakers defensively, that would really be something to look out for. And that's something that we'll touch on more here in just a second. In terms of what Bruce Brown is sort of looking at in terms of interest, he's also been connected with the Mavericks. And then later on Friday night, the Indiana Pacers as well. And you got to imagine that any team that can afford that full mid-level exception range that Bruce Brown is probably looking at here is going to be wanting to either schedule a meeting with him or show interest in him. And that's when it kind of comes down to what do you believe that's out there? Because there are reports out there that, uh, you know, Jovan Buha from the athletics so that the Lakers are confident that they'd be able to sign him. Then you have uh, another report out there that basically says it's between the Lakers and the Mavericks. Is that the case now? Will that change? Is that not the case? It's just there's so much smoke going on um, in these hours leading up to free agency. And until you actually hear, all right, like he's meeting with these teams and it's from like Woj or Shams or, you know, the athletic or whatever, then you kind of know sort of what's what, or maybe he just makes a decision and, and that's that. So 
we'll see what goes on there. But before we talk more in depth about Bruce Brown, I also want to talk about Brooke Lopez. He's another name that's been thrown out there. And I think I definitely agree with the general consensus around the Lakers that Lopez would be an incredible fit next to Anthony Davis. Anybody that watches this Lakers team knows, and, and not just, you know, maybe this last year, but in years prior, especially the year that they won the title in 2020, um, just a defensive prowess and, and sort of just the, the all out uh, domination on the defensive side of the ball that that could look like if you have those two guys in your front court, not to mention all the lengthy forwards that you have, especially of course you bring back Rui Hachimura depending on who else they fill out the roster with. So definitely intriguing stuff to look at there. And I just don't think Lopez, you know, with all that being said though, is going to be gettable at the full MLE level. I think he's going to command more. And I think that anybody credible that you listen to is saying that. So I would be shocked if he's available. However, of course, if he is available, you know, if the Lakers can land Brooke Lopez, I'd argue he's got to be number one on their free agent big board in terms of guys that are, realistically gettable um, with sort of, you know, keeping Austin Reeves, keeping Rui Hachimura and going from there. So look, you know, a stretch big who can score inside and out and plays unbelievable defense. That would be quite the addition to a Lakers front court, as we were just saying that, you know, at their best when the roster is sort of incompetently constructed in the past. And then last year after the trade deadline, one of the best defenses in the league post-trade deadline, and then one of the best front courts um, in the league with Ray Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, really, in the NBA after that uh, trade deadline. So I really do, as I sort of touched on vaguely earlier, think that the Lakers would have a similar presence to the championship team in 2020 where you had JaVale McGee, you had Dwight Howard, and you know they just really overwhelmed teams with their length, especially – in the bubble once the playoffs started. And, you know, I think that would maybe be the, uh, the mold that they're potentially going for bringing in a guy like Brooke Lopez. The thing that, you know, is so crazy about Brooke Lopez though, is that he's a shooter and he can make threes and, and, and then also score on the post as well. So that brings a whole dimension to the center position. Um, and then even in the second unit or whatever, when Anthony Davis is off the floor, however you want to, you know, the coaches, end up divvying that up that ends a whole nother dimension of a, of a player that the Lakers haven't had um, in terms of somebody, you know, next to Anthony Davis that is that good defensively that was in the conversation for defensive player of the year this past season. It can shoot threes and score in the post as well. So I really think things would have to go crazy for Brooke Lopez to be in a position, you know, where he's looking at number one, leaving the bucks and number two, taking less than, you know, anything over a mid-level, a full mid-level exception. I don't, I don't see that happening. So let's just say, you know, that things sort of stay status quo based on what the insiders have been saying and that Brooke Lopez isn't available in that range. Bruce Brown, to go into more detail about him now, definitely a great backup plan at number two. If he's sort of number two on your big board, if you're the Lakers, and look, I do love what Bruce Brown did on the offense. And of course he had multiple, um, you know, games in this postseason, every round really, and including the finals, he was huge in their quest for a championship where come off the bench and score 15 plus points, 20 plus points, and, and be a really nice spark plug for them off the bench. But 
you know, in the same way that Brooke Lopez offense is nice, what really sort of, I think, seals the deal for Bruce Brown being a great addition to the Lakers and this iteration of the Lakers is his defense. If you just look at the guys from last year's group, just imagine the Lakers out there with a lineup of Reeves, Bruce Brown, Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or you sub out LeBron for Rui, you know, throughout the game, or you sub out uh, Vando for Rui. Um, and if, if Rui sort of continues that play for the playoffs, and then let's say you're able to add another forward or two in free agency, I mean, just lengthwise alone, that's a pretty scary defensive lineup. You combine that with what you saw from Bruce Brown on the defensive end last season and then what you saw from the Lakers as a whole on the defensive end. Um, you know, that would be pretty scary, I think. And I, you know, the other thing with, with Bruce Brown, of course, is you're taking him away from the Nuggets. And of course, it looks like he's going to command more than what the Nuggets can afford. Um, and if that's the case, you know, they're going to be weaker without him and sort of rely on some of their other guys, you know, Christian Brown, like some of their other young guys to, to step up and fill that void next season. Um, just because of the way that the, uh, you know, the cap is changing with the new CBA that comes into effect here coming up soon. So that's all stuff to consider. Um, it's not just sort of what you're getting from Bruce Brown on the Lakers. It's that what, what you're sort of, you know, what, what, what uh, Denver is losing in, in him walking away. And again, even if it's not the Lakers, it looks like he's going to Dallas or the Pacers or another team. So that does help the Lakers. Of course, if you can, you know, kill two birds with one stone, get them on your team. That would just be fantastic. Um, and the thing that I want to sort of say here is in either of these two cases where the Lakers end up with Bruce Brown or Brooke Lopez and they bring everybody back. Um, one thing to think about is that the pundits and people who don't really watch the game and look at highlight packages or watch the game, but don't understand what's going on or whatever, you know, they look and they see that the Lakers got swept and they're like, Oh, well then there's like a big gap between the Lakers and the nuggets and the nuggets and the rest of the field. And that's just not the case because the Lakers were not that far off from beating Denver uh, several times in this series, if not winning the whole series. I mean, I, again, they were swept. Denver was clearly the better team. Denver was clearly the best team in the NBA, but that series could have easily been three, one or three, two Lakers with how closely three of the four losses were in those, uh, um, in those, you know, in those games. So now if we take away Bruce Brown from Denver in that series, um, and you add him to the Lakers or you take out Bruce Brown from Denver and then you add Brooke Lopez to the Lakers to give the Lakers some extra size. And, you know, the Lakers are right there. In, in winning that series. So I think that this is really why Laker fans should be ecstatic about the approach that Rob Palinka is taking uh, with this offseason and wanting to run it back because this team is really, really good. And they don't need it in overhaul. They don't need to sign and trade D'Angelo Russell. They do not need to, um, you know, get rid of Austin Reeves or Rui Hachimura and bring Kyrie Irving and fill out the roster with minimums. They don't need to do that. And, you know, with D'Angelo Russell, even okay, is he sort of the 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 starting point guard that you're going to win a championship with? Remains to be seen. What we saw in the Western Conference Finals, that answer would be no. But he was really, really good up until the Western Conference Finals, and was really good in the regular season. And he's a really good fit next to LeBron and AD. And the reality of this free agent class is that the two point guards that are in front of him, 
Fred Van Vliet, you know, if you're looking at the big board and let's say you rank, obviously Kyrie Irving at number one, Fred Van Vliet at number two, and D'Lo at number three. I think any big board, big board you would look at, that's sort of how it breaks down. And Fred Van Vliet had a poor season last year. And you wonder, okay, is that because Toronto was sort of in and out of, of the of the standings and being competitive? Was it just a down year? Is he going to have a regression in the mean year? You know, maybe. But to sign and trade D'Angelo Russell for somebody like that, where I don't think on paper you can say, and even watching film, you can say, that guy makes you a lot better. Um, you know, I just, I just don't think that that is uh, worth doing. And then Kyrie Irving, who sort of looking at the odds of it, the Mavericks are the favorite and the Lakers are number two. And I would just, you know, please anybody out there who's betting on free agency and where players are going to go stay away (laughs) from Kyrie Irving or the Lakers is not happening. And, you know, the discussion was different last season prior to the trade deadline when there was a lot of smoke around Kyrie coming to the Lakers and Lakers were in desperation mode and you didn't know that Rob Palenka was going to be able to pull off the trades that he did. And that was a different time. And I think that now Laker fans and people around the Lakers, I think for the most part have adjusted their thinking and their sort of perspective on it to say that, look, like he's too expensive. Is he incredible when he's on the floor? Yes. Would that in theory be incredible if you could get LeBron AD and Kyrie on the floor when it matters most all playing at full gear, you know, with good chemistry, that would be hard to beat. But you just don't know that you're going to get that. One, because of LeBron's age, and two, because of Anthony Davis's durability, and then three, obviously, because of the history of, of Kyrie Irving that we've seen in terms of being on the floor, being off the floor for different reasons. So that's all stuff that you have to look at. And at the end of the day, um, you know, money-wise – We've seen what it looks like when you have three stars and you fill out the team with vet minimums. You know, you get the uh, the 2022 Lakers and we all know how that went. So I think that, you know, that's a non-starter. And to sign and trade D'Angelo Russell for a guy like that, you know, and and, and it's not just that you're, you know, in, in sort of proxy, you're then going to lose either Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura and then you're not in the conversation to get, you know, a Bruce Brown or a Brooke Lopez. So I really think that you're right there and there's no reason to sort of, you know, blow it up. And I think that if the Lakers stay the course here, bring this whole team back, yes, including D'Angelo Russell, and they add a Bruce Brown or a Brooke Lopez, they can win the title. Um, and, you know, the last thing that I want to say about D'Angelo Russell, because I know that a lot of Laker fans are like, well, he showed that he can't, do it in those big moments. And if you feel that way, I understand, but look at it this way. You re-sign him and, you know, he doesn't have much of a market from what the reports are. So hopefully it's not, you know, an astronomical number, but you re-sign him. And if he's not playing well, or maybe a deal comes along and you can split him into a couple players or even an upgrade at the position at the trade deadline or whatever, then you can do that. But to lose him for nothing or to sign and trade him, I think right now is not the move. So bring the team back, add, try to try to get one of these like really good full mid-level exception guys and go for it. I think you can beat anybody if you do that. Speaking of which, let's take a glance at some early title odds for next season, sort of get into the betting part of the show here. As we head into free agency, 
So as we stand right now, this is on FanDuel. We have the Boston Celtics with the best odds there at plus 460. Denver Nuggets at number two at plus 470. Milwaukee Bucks at number three at plus 550. Phoenix Suns at number four at plus 650. Golden State Warriors at number five at plus 1300. And the Los Angeles Lakers at number six at plus 1500. The teams trailing them include the Miami Heat, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Cavs, and the Mavericks. So when we look specifically at the Lakers here, the fact that they have the six best odds and they're plus 1500 and they're behind teams like the Golden State Warriors, um, look, I'm telling you right now, put a ticket on that. Um, because, because if, if, if the Lakers can use the full mid-level exception on Brooke Lopez or Bruce Brown or a player of that caliber, they split it and use it on a couple different guys, um, that are a little cheaper, which I'm confident that they will do one of two things. I see the Lakers moving up that list. You know, the second that they make one of those moves, especially again, if they can, can land Lopez or Brown. So you're not going to get the same value. I don't think by tomorrow night or, or by Saturday or, you know, in the coming days of free agency. So that plus 1500 number for the six best odds, I think that does offer fantastic value um, for a team that was in the Western conference finals last season. I mean, they beat the, uh, the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round who I know, you know, they're in front of, but something tells me if John Morant were in, maybe the odds makers would have the Grizzlies a little closer, even above the Lakers. Cause that's just kind of the way that it works sometimes. Um, and the Golden State Warriors, you know, Lakers beat them um, in, in the second round. Um, so that's why I think Golden State, you know, all respect to them and their and their title prowess. But I, I think that them being ahead of the Lakers in the betting odds is kind of ridiculous. Um, like if you watched the second round of the playoffs and you watched how the Lakers schemed against Stephen Curry played great defense and really manhandled the Warriors in that series and beat them with their size and their depth and their length at the forward position. Um, for the Warriors to turn Jordan Poole into Chris Paul, while I see that maybe helping them in other ways, I don't think that helped them beat the Lakers at all because that wasn't their biggest issue. I mean, having somebody get to, to sort of initiate their offense, is that going to help them? Like, for sure. But to me, you had to turn Jordan Poole into a couple role players and not just, you know, preferably, I think, forwards and bigger guys or maybe a big and a forward or somebody, you know, some combination like that. So the fact that that's the trade that they got, I don't think that that translate, that should translate, I should say, to them having higher odds than the Lakers to win the title. Um, so my betting advice there is to take the Lakers at plus 1500 while you can still get it. Sticking with odds, I also want to take a look at the numbers for Western Conference champion. So we have the Denver Nuggets. They're at plus 230. They're the favorites, as they should be, as things currently stand. The Suns in second place at plus 330, you know, especially with Vegas, not a surprise with all the moves that they've made. Golden State Warriors at plus 600 are number three, and the Lakers are plus 850 at number four. And this is similar to what I just talked about with the championship. I think that this is another number to jump at. Um, because I think the Lakers to rehash this again, I think they're going to make some good marginal improvements in the next couple of days. And assuming the Warriors resign Draymond Green and the money that he wants, I mean, their roster is going to be set for the most part. So I don't think there's anything Golden State is going to do that's going to vault them over the Lakers. 
And let's just be honest. I mean, the Suns are going to have you and me out there playing the six to seven man roles <laughs> in Phoenix. Um, so we'll have to see sort of what they do to round out their roster. And we've seen in recent NBA history that putting a, a bunch of stars together, you know, especially stars that that are injury prone, like a lot of those Suns guys are, typically doesn't work too well, especially when you don't have the uh, subsequent role players to get you through the season and get you through the playoffs. So I'm not so sure that I like the Suns over the Lakers, the betting market as well. And then, look, if this Lakers take Bruce Brown from the Nuggets, Lakers are going to be my uh, my finals pick and, and my title pick. So um, that's all things to consider when you're looking at these numbers. And right before free agency, you know, this is this show is going to come out late Friday night, um, Saturday morning on the East Coast, late Friday night on the on the West Coast. And if you're looking at taking one of these numbers, I mean, I think right before free agency, before the morning hits and the afternoon hits tomorrow, and there's going to be all this news and things are going to shake and the numbers are going to change. Take advantage of, of, you know, where the reports are now and a team like the Lakers that made the Western Conference Finals. Did they get swept? Yes. But, you know, the margin was closer than it looks on the stat, than it looks on the, uh, on the, not the stat sheet, but the, uh, you know, the series score, <laughs> um, take advantage of that. You know, that would be my, my advice there. Um, and I, I really think that, you know, even if the Lakers don't get Bruce Brown and they divvy up their cap space in a different way, I don't see this number staying at plus 850. I think they'll move up. I think let's say if a Warriors re-sign Draymond and then they make a couple other smaller moves around the edges and let's say the Lakers, you know, are able to add a couple good players. Like I don't know that the Warriors are going to stay ahead of the Lakers in the betting market. So because this number, in my opinion, is going to change, I would get on it now while the Lakers are plus 850. Now switching back to some free agency talk to kind of close out the show here. Another opinion, uh, excuse me, another option that's been reported by ESPN, and this is, of course, their Lakers reporter, Dave McMiniman, is for the Lakers to split up their mid-level exception and use it on multiple players. And the names that McMiniman listed in this scenario included bringing back uh, Dennis Schroeder and Eric Gordon. And I know that Schroeder is kind of a polarizing player amongst Laker fans. Some Laker fans seem to love him. Some Laker fans seem to, uh, to, to feel a different way about him. And I think that, look, I mean, especially in that Warriors series and just throughout the playoffs in general, I mean, Shooter was really a defensive force for the Lakers. And if they miss out on Bruce Brown, I think that this is not only a solid move, but maybe a move that you that you really need to make. If you can keep Shooter, if you lose him, you're really going to have to, I think, replace that defensive prowess that you're losing. Um, Eric Gordon, older guy, obviously. Um, in theory, he can he would give you some added offensive punch. Um, I think you just really need him to, to turn into like a knockdown spot up shooter um, that can hit open shots out of the uh, factors of playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I would say that, you know, that's definitely further down the list, of course, than landing guys like Lopez and, and Bruce Brown, but we'll see, you know, those guys may not be available to the Lakers. They may have to pivot. So we'll see what they do there. Um, so yeah, uh, Yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of The Blake Show, Lakers betting podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Subscribe and like us on YouTube. Follow along wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, and I will see you next time.